This podcast is brought to you by Aviva. We'll be exploring some of the biggest questions and issues faced by parents, but sometimes it's nice to have a helping hand. Aviva exists to be with people when it really matters throughout their life. They've been supporting people through life's financial challenges for over 300 years, so they know a thing or two about preparing for the future. Aviva is with you today for a better tomorrow. Right, let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, me, Vernon Kay, and Holly Mackay. Uh, Holly, we've got a big subject today. It's about the changing family unit and the ways in which the family unit inside the four walls can change quickly, rapidly, or it can change over a prolonged period of time. And we're talking about things like son or daughter moving out of the home to go to university. We're talking about uh, son or daughter coming out and telling their parents, hey, look, I'm gay or I'm trans or whatever, Uh, or or things as simple as as divorce, you know, anything that can change the family unit, uh, the structure of the family unit. uh, I think it's an interesting conversation to be had. And I hope that people enjoy this podcast because we are covering all bases. Uh, we're not just talking about, even though we're sponsored by Aviva, we're not just talking about money and, and, and we're not just talking about parenting as a whole. I think over the series, we've covered so many different subjects and given an insight to each other on, on how our lives are different. But yet, at the end of the day, I, I think everyone seems to be running in parallels. And this is a big subject here, the changing family unit. Yeah, it's sort of, I was thinking about this on the, on the way in, I guess it's sort of the we're not lo- uh, with we're no longer those sort of traditional families with what was it 2.2 kids and a Volvo yeah. you know the, the makeup of sort of families is is very very different these days and i guess sort of something from my experience is you know how divorce can change a family and i did have a sort of slight grin to myself because in your intro kind of comments you you put the adjective simple next to divorce <laughs> and i'm like god as someone who's been through it you know it takes twice as long costs twice as much yeah. and is always sort of twice as as draining as you ever think and 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 for me that's something if i look around my sort of friend group as well that's probably the biggest single driver mm. that does well, it feels like at the time, you know, that it rips a family in half. And it mm. is obviously quite often physically, it kind of removes a family and splits them in half. But it's a very difficult thing to tackle as a parent because you inevitably feel that you've made a mistake. Sorry, Holly, just explain yourself that. How, how does it feel like a mistake? A mistake that you got married in the first place or a mistake that the relationship didn't work out? It feels like more, perhaps more a failure because when... If between, you think about the two it, adults, de- yeah. definitely. When when you, if you think about it, you know, if you if you go into a marriage, you stand there, don't you, and you make your vows, and mm. you say this is this is going to be something that's going to last forever. So inevitably, when it crumbles and it breaks down, I definitely sort of looked at it and I went, no one ever goes into marriage with the aim of it failing. So mm. when it does, it of course feels like a failure. And if you've got young children, well, children of any age Mm. in the equation, it's brutal because they don't, in most instances, they don't want mum and dad to separate. And and they will see it as something, they'll question whether it's their fault. The language they use is really interesting. When my son, it would happen when the kids were a lot younger, I think he was about four, and, and he used to go around saying, we're getting divorced. And I always sort of had to stop him and say, darling, you're not. Mummy loves you very much. Daddy loves you very much. But mummy and daddy, my analogy was we're 
we're all kind of jigsaw pieces and mm. jigsaw pieces that change and move and grow over time. And sometimes the jigsaw pieces don't fit together anymore. But it was a real effort to kind of tell them that it wasn't anything they'd done wrong. So it's a, it's a minefield, Vernon. It was really hard. But you do feel like a failure. Yeah. And from your, from your experience, and obviously we can only talk about that because you, you've been there and you've been through it. From your experience, we're talking about the changing family unit. Because you and your husband separated when the kids were so young, does that give the family unit the opportunity now with you and your kids to build a different bond together in the same household? It's definitely, it, it, it changes the dynamic a lot because it becomes, I think, more intense. So when they're with me, they're with me. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. and it, it's them and me and it's all quite intense. And then they spend a lot of time, which is fantastic, with their dad. They go off on holidays, sort of weekends. And then they leave, and I can't lie, Vernon. Sometimes when that door closes on a Friday, I'm like, yes! No. But, you know, then it's all or nothing too, and then sort of yeah. it gets to sort of Saturday, and there are times where I think, oh, I'd like to do that with them, or it's all a bit quiet around here yeah. at the moment. So it's definitely sort of all or nothing, but it's... It's, um, it's interesting, that element of, let's be honest, we all love our kids. We would do anything for our kids. Uh, and it's your responsibility as a parent to be like that. But it's funny, like you said, that when the kids go off to dads at the weekend, it's like, oh yes. Oh, and it's, it's the same sensation or same feeling I would imagine of when the kids start back at school and yeah, it's yeah. no longer summer holidays. You're like, school's around, yes, my darling's missing you. Yeah, miss you. And as soon as they're in the car, stick the blondie on or whatever, yeah. and it's and time to go. It's 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 very weird, and it took because, me because so, sorry to interrupt, Holly. Because we have to understand that at the end of the day, parents we're still active. Like when you have kids, you 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 don't die inside. Life doesn't stop. You know that fire keeps burning. It's just your responsibilities change. And I think that I'm a big advocate of girls' weekends and, and, and lads' weekends where you can go and just let off steam. And be yourself. And be yourself. Because you live in that parental bubble where I think a lot of couples find it difficult. The focus of the relationship is no longer you and your partner. It's no longer... You then become mummy and daddy and you become children. And then sometimes uh, parents will be like, whoa, 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 hang on a minute, darling. Do you, do you remember me? Yeah. Hi. But I think, I think also... You know, another big change of the of the family unit is when kids go away to uni or, or when kids flee the nest. Like when myself and my brother fled the nest, my mum was kind of like, well, what do I do now? You know, because she's from a uh, working, working background and my dad grafted as well. But my mum's sole purpose was to be the best mum that she, she could be. And she was absolutely brilliant. She brought us up superbly. Uh, but when we both fled the nest, uh, I was down London, my brother was at university. It was like, uh, what do I do now? And that's a big change in, in someone's life. And I, I'm not looking forward to that when we have an empty household because I mentioned before, I love the hustle and bustle of everyday life, having kids growing up and the stages that the kids grow up through and experience because I get a sense that, and I know I am, I'm enjoying watching, no, I'm enjoying riding the journey with my kids through their growing up. You know, I've tried my damnedest to get them into every sport, to get them to play golf, to watch American football with me, to come to the rugby with me, but it's not happening. 
I am a ballet dad. It's as simple as that, uh, to the point where I've donned a tutu. I don't mind saying that. And I've danced with them. And Hang on. Can we just rewind? No, we're not going to rewind. We won't, we won't spend any <laughs> photos, time on photos, being a tutu. Please, no, but I think, I think once kids realise that you're part of that story, of their story, that's when it becomes a little bit easier. And I, and I can't imagine, I can't imagine that. It breaks my heart now, thinking that they're not going to be at home for, I mean, Phoebe's 16, she'll be off to university in two years. Amber's 11, she'll be off to university in seven years. It's like, ugh. You see, I, I, don't, I don't have that same sense. And as you were talking, you know, perhaps it's because I'm used to them being away with their dad, for example, in the summer holidays, yeah. off they go for two weeks. So I've learned... That was a great wrench at first and it felt really odd, but you get used to it. So I'm I'm quite used to them going off and doing something for two weeks without me. Your kids probably haven't really been away from you no. for, for, for that long no, ever. No. Although it's funny you should say that. Phoebe really did enjoy her summer holiday away with her friends this year. <laughs> For some reason. I can't think why, because tutu wearing dad in the yeah, back yeah. was nowhere yeah. to be oh, seen. Oh, trust me, the tutu is the least of my worries when it comes to costumes around our house. Good grief, I've been all sorts. <laughs> I love Halloween, as, as we've discovered, and Christmas. So dressing up is a real thrill for me. This podcast is brought to you by Aviva. Visit aviva.co.uk to find out more and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Aviva is with you today for a better tomorrow. Okay, Holly, so let's not uh, dig our pits any deeper. Uh, Let's bring in a specialist, shall we? Paula, Ron, Adrian. Paula, just explain your job title. So I am a practicing barrister in England and Wales. Uh, That means I represent people who are coming to court. And my area of speciality is family law. Uh, Happy, happy divorce. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I'm with you on that one, Holly. Happy divorce. Um, Sadly, children who are living in one household and attempting to have contact with a non-resident parent or non-resident grandparents, um, children who are unfortunately removed from their parents' care. So some quite heavy topics. Okay, so uh, first question, how do you personally deal with the, 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 the involvement, the deep involvement that you have in the things that haven't gone too well in people's personal relationships and, and households? That must be really difficult for you personally. It is really difficult. And I've been doing this job for over 20 years. And what they tell you about this job is, is that you should take regular six week breaks because the magnitude of emotion that you are having to manage. So you're having to manage your client's own emotions. You're dealing then on top of that with obviously incredibly emotional topics that may even be touching on your own personal life and within your own family. We've all got family. We know how wonderful family can be (laughs) (laughs) and how exciting they make our lives. Um, So for me personally, I had to take breaks. So let's get down to a subject which is, is personal uh, for Holly in particular, and it's something that is on the increase. Uh, we're talking about divorce, of course. Uh, I don't. I honestly don't know where to start because uh, I'm not getting divorced, and and we've talked about you know all relationships have, have bumps in the road, and 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 that's just life. That's life. It really is. But as couples go through the process 
Paula. What's the most difficult thing for mummy and daddy, for parents? Is it, ad is it admit or to come to terms with? Is it difficult for the parents to say, our relationship has broken down, we admit that, it's time to separate? What is the start of the process like is what I'm trying to say because I find it difficult to comprehend that you get to that position where you close the door. That's the most upsetting thing for me. You close the yeah. door on your relationship and it's game over. Yeah. Well, it's so funny that, that that's your first question because I was with a client last night and, and yes, it was the night time because um, you can't say when the emotion is going to suddenly start to flow and when you suddenly need that ear, that kind of objective hear, ear to hear that emotion flow. Um, and you hold yourself together in every day. You wake up and you remember what's happened and you get dressed and you sort the kids out and you go to work and you hold yourself together throughout that time. And you might get an email from the solicitor or you might, you know, have to speak to your partner because you might still be sharing a house with them and you might have to speak to them about something to do with the paperwork. But, you know, you're holding yourself together. And then it gets to the night time and the kids are going to bed or they're doing their own thing, whatever their ages are. And then you suddenly have this free time on your hands and then you suddenly start thinking and then you start wondering, have I made the right decision? And, and you go through that question, those list of questions that you have in your head, and everyone has that list that's personal to them. And you ask yourself the same question over and over and over again. And I'm saying to this client, it's that, that exercise that ultimately is going to drive you insane and why you need to talk to someone. Because you didn't just wake up this morning. Paula, say, Paula when you say talk to someone, you mean a counsellor of some sort? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. To a counsellor. Absolutely engage. Because you, you know what? As much as your friends and family are amazing and as much as they love you and you love them, they also love the children and they also love the person who is leaving, but they're torn. You know, they have their own emotions that they're dealing with. And so it's really important to get somebody objective on board, you know, even if it's for that one-off conversation. Yeah, a neutral perspective. Exactly. This might be a slightly odd question to put to a barrister, but do you think that people have to assume if they're getting divorced that they need to go and talk to a lawyer at all? Having been through the process, it did get to a point where I just wanted to call time out because I thought that every squabble we had just paid for my barrister's next skiing holiday. <laughs> and you were divorcing a barrister, let's be honest. <laughs> just a, a little tip. Yeah. Don't, yeah. <laughs> it's, Holly, it's so, it's so true. And this is exactly what I was saying to the client yesterday. Because I'm I, not only am I a barrister of 20 odd years, but I also mediate. And I've been mediating for the last seven odd years or so. And the reason why I took that shift is because it's not my job to solve your problems. It's my job to argue about your problems. That's essentially it as a barrister. I get paid to argue. I get paid to find problems and to find weaknesses in the other side's case. Now, the other side is somebody, for somebody that you loved for five years or 10 years or 15 years. So surely, even though there is hurt and there is pain, 
there is something that you shared that was special together. Mm. And that something is going to help you come away from this awful situation, but with both your respect intact and, and probably a little bit more money in the bank account that yeah. didn't go for me. Paula, is there such thing as a clean break? Yes. Emotionally and financially and physically? Yes, but then you have to ask me about a time frame. Right. You have to ask me about a time frame. What's because the time I- frame for a clean break? <laughs> 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 and I'm not asking because I want to know. I'm asking yeah, because yeah, I think, yeah. it, I think it's, it, it's important that we establish the process because, you know, we, we talked about, Holly and I have talked about the fact that 2020 has been a real kick in the proverbials. For a lot yeah. of people, relationship-wise, you know, they've realised yeah. I've got to spend time with this person, and it's not the person that yeah. I married, and so yeah. things have changed because work has got in the way of our daily routine uh, and our relationship. There's that separation, and, and Holly and I were speaking that I think it's a good thing for girls to have a girls' weekend and guys to have a guys' weekend. Um, yes. So because you're so emotionally and physically attached, that's why I ask: Is there such thing as a clean break? And that's why I say I say yes but then give yourself time. I think people think that once they get the divorce through, once they get that decree absolute, or even once the case is finished, that suddenly it means that that's it. But it doesn't. And I'm saying this because I want to make your heart smile, Holly, but lots of people remarry and lots of people remarry the same person again. Are you serious? (laughs) They do. Do you know what I mean? Give yourself a chance and don't, don't think that we're going to Sorry. No yeah. holding the breath you on that one. Holly respect. remarried a guy called Gordon. <laughs> and he's, come, he's very green oh, and he's quite shush. tall at times. <laughs> Bombay, actually. Oh, is it Bombay? Mr. Sapphire. Is it Bombay? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, the, the, the remarriage, you know, people talk about the divorce rate. Yeah. But I actually like to talk about the people who remarry. Because they do, you know, they do. And they're not put off by the divorce, however fraught and awful it is. Mm. And because sometimes it is, you know, sometimes I'm not always smiling. Sometimes I can be a little bit mean, Um, but they do. And I think that's something to celebrate Mm. because getting a divorce, as I said, you don't wake up one morning and say, I'm getting a divorce. It takes Mm. years yeah. You you kind of you know that the problems are there. I can't imagine. You, I, I can't you know. imagine, Paula. I mean, maybe it, it's a good sign, but I can't imagine emotionally separating myself from my wife because I feel she's ingrained in me. But, but do you know, in a good like, way. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Paula says yeah. it does. Yeah. It's it resonates so much mm. with me, Paula. That it just from that sort of seed of initial doubt to getting the final paperwork through. I mean, it takes four or five years, you know, mm. possibly. Is that and something that, is that a burden that is with you every day? From, well, from your experience? It is. Because you're both of... two professional people with busy lives, you've got kids as well. So uh, throw the emotion of, of separating in the mix, that's, that's a tough daily schedule. It, it, it was the kids thing, I think, that, that, that made it hard because, of mm. course, until you know that divorce is the outcome. It's not clear at the outset that that's, that's going to be the outcome. You protect them from it and you shield them from it. And it's it's an incredibly sensitive thing to talk to children about. And, and Paul, I'd be interested in your views 
for, based on, and I know you're not there to sit in judgment of people, but based on what you see today from splitting sort of family units, what would you say to sort of people listening who are thinking that sort of divorce is an inevitable, inevitable path, who, who are parents, you know, based on what you see, what are some of the mistakes that we all make or what are just some of the things to be aware of? Yes, that's, that's a really good yeah, question, good Holly. So the major mistake that I see, and you're, and you're going to want to throw one of those beautiful potted plants at me when I say <laughs> that. <laughs> the major mistake that I see is when you get to the situation that you are now trying to decide how to divide the assets of the marriage. Um, and believe it or not, uh, I have seen people spend years fighting over money to the extent that they watch the pot reduce and they watch it going to the lawyers. But that pride, and that was one of the words that was used with me, over my dead body, will I let him, her have that. And that's the biggest mistake that I see. Because if you become involved in that level of over my dead body, is he going to get that? Or, over mm. my dead body, do you know I spent 10 years working for that? Once you start getting involved in that level of distress, because that's what you are, you're distressed. You're grieving for the end of this relationship. You're fearful about what's happening in the future. And so you're trying your best to cling on like literally cling on to whatever it is you have spent those 10 years I, I get that but it doesn't help you it doesn't help you and it doesn't help the children and if I could take my clients sometimes and say to them I get you love the painting and I get you love the coffee table or whatever it is I, I don't mean to um, patronize you when I when I say that Wh whatever it is that you're holding on to understand that it's not going to help you move forward and 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 it's easy for me to say that because it's not my love that is tied up with whatever it is so I you know I get that but you do need to let it go whatever it is that thing is you need to let it go because the judge isn't going to be interested mm. let me just tell you that now the judge is not interested in whatever it is you are still in love with the judge only wants to know about it's the so true i i went i mean going into the family court which i found an utterly awful and sobering yes. experience in many ways but I think there is a sort of sense that you're going to have your Ali McBeal moment and the judge is going to sort of look at you and go, you are right. Your ex-husband is a real plonker. And of course, it doesn't happen like that because and it shouldn't be. And one thing I did actually come out of the family court with was a bit of a sense of shame, shame that I was taking up a judge's time with some squabbles that frankly my ex-husband and I could have worked out between ourselves when there were more important cases and children who needed help. Mm. And, and it was a bit of a lesson, actually, just to, as you say, swallow any pride and just say, do you know what? We're being idiots. Let's just sort it out. And, you know, and I wouldn't even be that hard because what people don't understand 
is that they are grieving. They are going through a grieving process. Even when you're it's, a, it's a loss, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And even when you're the one who's asked for the divorce, even when you're the one who said, I can't do this anymore, you are still grieving because you're and it's hard for the other person to to acknowledge that right because Mm. they're like why are you doing this to me this is awful we've built all of this what's happened to us but even when you're the one who's asked for it you're you are in a position where you are torn i I want to leave i'm unhappy but i don't want to upset this person or i don't want to upset the children or what are our friends going to say or what are our parents going to say you know there's all these other competing things going on but ultimately we are all in this position where our emotions are taking over. Now, I love emotions. I genuinely, genuinely do. But when you make a decision which has been driven by your emotion, because it has, you're unhappy, you're not in love anymore, whatever, you know, whatever it is, you then have to have faith in yourself that you have made that right decision. And you have to have faith in yourself that you are going to be able to see that decision through. And that's where divorce becomes hard. And that's where people start focusing on the car or the yacht or the painting or this and that. Bloody hell, what clients do you look after? (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about the yacht. Jesus. It's going to be parked somewhere. (laughs) I left out the word super. (laughs) (laughs) Slumming it. You could have have said kayak. (laughs) (laughs) You know, people are doing that because they don't want to at 3 a.m. in the morning look in the mirror and and see what's really going on. And it's that they're hurt. And that, you know, and and so that, Holly, to answer your question, is what I try to get across to people, is accept that you're in pain, cry about the pain, feel the pain. It's awful, but feel it. And then tomorrow, come and talk to me about what you want to do about the kayak yeah. <laughs> because they're two different things yeah yeah but they're easily confused yeah. and completed when you're upstairs i think we should leave it there wise words i yeah. wish i'd met you seven years ago paula. <laughs> paula that was really enlightening and i hope that anyone listening uh to this podcast found that enlightening as well because it's it's opened my eyes and you we've i think collectively we've raised some really interesting points and uh, if we can help anyone in any way shape or form then we've done a good job and just quickly Paula uh, and I mean just quickly there must be somewhere that people can get advice from when it comes to relationship counselling or uh, they've decided to get divorced is there any public forum any government website anywhere where we can get advice from when it comes to this kind of sticky situation so definitely go on the gov.uk website Uh, that's the government website it's fantastic Also, try your local council website. They're really good for offering access to local um, uh, counselling services, et cetera, that won't cost you the earth. Um, And then if that doesn't help, ask your solicitor or your barrister. They'll be able to connect you with people. And then trust trust Google. Put in, you know, divorce counsellor. There are lots of divorce counsellors out there who can assist. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you, Paula. Yeah, awesome. Paula, I hope I never see you again. Uh, (laughs) But it's been an absolute joy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Paula. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. 
How good was Paula? Uh, I could chat to her all day. She's got her own podcast out now too. It's called The Family Court, A Father's Journey. So if you were interested in our conversation and uh, it does strike a chord with you, then it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, yeah. So interesting to hear from Paula such such an important topic for so many parents. Right, it's now that time of the podcast where we move on to some questions from you guys, our listeners, our fellow parents. So let's have the first one, please. Now my child's moved out. I'm worried about losing a connection with them. Have you got any advice? Yes, the advice is really simple. You have to communicate. But the practicality of it is rather difficult because we forget. And I think that's the worst thing that you could do as a child is forgetting to call your parents because I know I've done it and I do it and I did it and I've done it on a regular basis. And it does ruffle a few feathers at home because let's be honest, when you when you flee the nest, you just get on with your life, you know, and uh, you don't realise that the, the paternal instinct inside you as a parent remains there forever and ever and ever. So I think the key to this is you have to promise each other that you will communicate on a regular basis. And that, in my opinion, is the only answer is be true to yourselves and try not to forget each other. Parents, you've got to ring your kids. Kids, you've got to ring your mums and dads or, or your guardians. And you've just got to stay on the end of the phone, even if it's just once a week. Even if it's just once a week, it really, really makes a massive difference. Okay, then let's move on. Next question, please. How do I introduce my children to my new partner? Oh, yeah, I've, I've, I've been there, done that, worn the T-shirt on this one. Um, I think having been through the experience, it is quite terrifying, by the way, when you get introduced, you know, because kids don't lie, do they? And you get these beady little eyes sort of checking you out suspiciously. Who is this new person? Um I think my advice would be don't rush it and don't set it up to be really high pressure. Don't have really high expectations. Keep it really casual. Keep it brief. Keep it somewhere neutral and don't invest a whole heap of emotional energy in it. Make it just a run around a park. Keep it low key. Keep it informal. It will evolve and happen over time. So just try and relax and and don't force it. It will be as a grown up one of the scariest things you've done for a wee while, I should think. All right. Thank you, Holly. Uh, Next question, please. I feel like the COVID lockdown has ruined my relationship with my kids. They hated being stuck at home with me and not being able to go out. Oh, I think this resonates with everyone. It really does. I mean, let's be honest. Okay. And we are an honest and open podcast. We've established that. COVID has been difficult. It's been difficult for everyone, whether you're uh, a a child or whether you're a parent, whether you're single, whether you're together, whether uh, 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 you've got one kid or whether you've got several kids. It doesn't matter. Whatever elements you put into the equation of COVID and lockdown, it's been awful for everyone. It really has. I know that in the third lockdown, our kids found it really difficult because it was going to it was going dark when they'd finished school. So they'd finished school at four. It was already pitch black. It was cold, frosty, sometimes snowy, wet outside. Nothing for them to do outdoors, which is a nightmare. So the only thing, and we've talked about this in the past, the go-to is to grab their digital device and sit with their heads down, getting neck ache and frustrated that they're not building whatever <laughs> they should be building on Minecraft. And parents get a little bit frustrated that their kids. Learning. I know, and their kids aren't being active, and they're not running around. It's just—it's been tough. It really has been tough. But what we tried to do 
what we tried to do was try to interact with each other by playing games. You know, on a digital device, I hold my hands up, we played games together on a digital device, but it's the only way sometimes that you can have conversations and have fun. He's all sat with a, a tablet. We play a game called Drawful where everyone, it's a little bit like Pictionary where everyone draws a picture on their tablet and everyone else has to guess what it is. You know, we played Uno, we played Hide and Seek, Hide and Seek in the Dark. We've done all those games just to try and keep that family unit together and, and tight. And also a lot of communication uh, is key, in my opinion. But they miss their friends, don't they? And I think they particularly do. in the third lockdown, as you yeah. say. Um, I've just been honest with my kids as well. You know, I, Vernon, I don't know about you. I hate being stuck at home and I want to go out and see my friends too. And I think it's just sort of <laughs> being really honest with them about that. And every single person I know um, has seen far too much of their family. Uh, you know, full stop over <laughs> immediate family I'm, I'm talking about over the last 12 months. And I think it is just sort of being honest about that and remembering, hopefully, fingers crossed, everything I own crossed, that this is, you know, the third lockdown when that ends, um, we'll be back and there is a light at the end of the tunnel. But I think just being honest too and, you know, telling them that actually, yeah, mummy's sick to the back teeth of this too and I miss my friends as well. <laughs> darling yeah no good point it's a really good point and i think you know being open and honest sometimes we find it difficult but it's an it's an essential in in any family unit you know to just say okay deep breath i'm gonna say it kids i'm finding this really hard because i know you are and it's through my head in these four walls <laughs> but you know it, it, i guess it would make a difference a huge difference all right, everyone, I really hope you know what time of the show it is by now. We're at episode six, so come on, Holly, put us out of our misery. Da -da 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 -da. Time for our resident expert, Mr. Alistair McQueen from Aviva, who has another three top tips for us. Now, today's episode, of course, has been all about the changing family unit. So here are Alistair's tips for dealing with divorce, and wait for it, your pension. Hi, everybody. My name is Alistair McQueen and I'm the head of savings and retirement Aviva. And here are my top three tips for today. Figures from the Office for National Statistics report that over 45s now represent the biggest age group of opposite sex divorcees in England and Wales for the first time since records began in 1950. Across all ages, the average age of divorce is at a record high of more than 47 for men and more than 45 for women. The ongoing increase in silver divorces has significant implications for retirement planning. Property and pensions typically represent our biggest sources of financial wealth. As we age, the value of our pension typically rises too, making it one of the most valuable assets that couples possess. So my top three tips for navigating pensions and divorce would be, first, if you are getting divorced, give your pension some serious consideration. For many people, a pension may not seem real until we reach retirement, but they are very real throughout your working life, and your money belongs to you. Along with property, a pension is often the biggest source of someone's wealth. And don't worry if you are confused by pensions, you're not alone. Thankfully, there's lots of free help available. Second, if you are getting divorced, there are two main approaches to handling your pension wealth. First, pension sharing. This is where one party gets a percentage share of any one or more of the other party's pensions. And second is pension offsetting. 
This is where the value of any pension wealth is offset against other assets. For example, one party might get a bigger share of the family home in return for the other party keeping their pension wealth. However, with both routes, there are still a number of issues that can occur. So it's important that individual considering divorce seek legal and financial support concerning pension wealth during the process. And third, if you are getting divorced, get free help. The Pension Advisory Service is a free service backed by the government, and they offer free one-to-one pensions consultation, including guidance about divorce. They won't tell you what to do, but they'll help you understand your options. And this can be a good step before paying for professional advice. You'll find the Pensions Advisory Service on the internet at pensionsadvisoryservice.org.uk and search the internet for Aviva and Divorce and you'll find a number of articles from Aviva on this important topic. Back to you guys. Thank you, Alistair, and also thank you to you for listening. We're rounding off the season of parenting past the pandemic. I tell you what, it's gone so quickly. It certainly has, Vernon. It's been some of the most interesting conversations I've had throughout this lockdown period. You know, so many great guests, interesting conversations, so much for us to take away. If, though, you do want more, there's plenty of additional information on the website. So just hit the link in the podcast description or head to aviva.co.uk forward slash parenting hyphen past hyphen the hyphen pandemic and if you've just found us where have you been come on ask yourself that question uh but don't worry don't worry there are five more episodes to go back to and listen to but for now from me vernon k bye bye this podcast was brought to you by aviva check out aviva.co.uk for more details aviva is with you today for a better tomorrow